Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. I'm joined by the dynamic duo leading the Possibilities Vet Med team. Before we jump into our conversation in the episode today, we're going to hit our sponsors. We'll be right back right after this. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own vet check pet urgent care center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. All right. So we are back with Dr. Valerie Marcano and Dr. Seth Andrews. Both of them are joining us from the Possibilities Vet Med team. Dr. Marcano is a University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine grad, which is, holds a special place in my heart since it was the first VBMA chapter that I talked to. So I always think highly of UGA. And she is currently working in the poultry medicine field at the moment. And Dr. Andrews earned his PhD in biological engineering, which to me just sounds like a lot of things I wouldn't understand, but also from the University of Georgia. And I appreciate both of you coming on the podcast and being here. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. One of the first things that I want to do, and I know you've been on other podcasts, you've kind of highlighted what it is that you do, things that you do, high level for those that have never heard of possibilities, who you serve, what you do. And then I think that will set the stage for some other conversations and questions and things that come through. So whoever wants to take that, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we are Possibilities Vet Med, which is a nonprofit organization to increase diversity and inclusion within the veterinary profession. And we do that through mentorship, professional development, and resources. We're looking at increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion in terms of ability, ethnicity, gender identity, non-traditional path, race, sexual orientation, socioeconomic background, religion, veteran status. Accomplish that primarily right now through our product uh, possibilities platform, which is a professional and social network aimed to foster mentoring relationships between people that are not quite as far along in VetMed and people that are a little further along than them, particularly aimed at helping along people from underrepresented groups. Yeah, so we're focusing on veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and veterinary managers, so hospital managers, as well as individuals that are undergraduate or in vet school, in vet tech school. Yeah. And we also offer a number of different professional development courses as well to 
cover the gamut of challenges that you can run into in veterinary medicine from initially applying to school to combating burnout and compassion fatigue. Yeah. And I think one of the things that struck me when we chatted before the podcast was like talking about serving more than just veterinarians, because I think there are a variety of different groups that that's the focus, right? But like you talked about burnout, fatigue, all these other challenges extends to the other staff, right? Like this isn't like, oh, it just goes to this, the person with DVM after their name. So vet techs notoriously don't get the attention or gratitude. I feel like a lot of times they deserve. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing in that space with them? Because I think that is interesting, knowing that, hey, there's a shortage for all kinds of staff. But right now, techs, I continue to hear, it's just ridiculously hard to retain and keep and find good people in the space. Yeah, absolutely. I think our veterinary technicians are underutilized, underpaid, and overworked. And so we want to make sure that if we're providing access to individuals from underrepresented and underserved communities, that includes the entire veterinary staff. And we will be looking to expand some of our roles to include some of those as well. But we're primarily focusing on the technical side and the veterinary side because we know that it is crucial to include those members of the team that often feel left out and for whom there are less resources available. One of the things that we focus on is mentorship and professional development. And if you do a search for mentorship programs in veterinary medicine, a lot of those are targeting veterinarians. We weren't able to really find any that were specific to veterinary technicians or even inclusive of veterinary technicians. So we know that is an area that is really in lack of resources. Yeah, and we've extended that emphasis on including vet techs in the conversation to our leadership as well. Several of our board members have, both past and present, have been veterinary technicians, including uh, Garnetta Santiago from uh, Zoetis, as well as Alyssa Mages from Empowering Veterinary Teams. They both had a lot of great input on the possibilities conversation. Yeah, and we know currently within our platform, we have an over-representation of veterinarians and veterinary students because that's primarily what our network currently is. And so we're actively working to increase the representation of some of those other roles that where our network is a little bit smaller to make sure that they are represented both within the leadership of possibilities and within the members of the platform. And when you think about kind of the mentorship structure, so do you try to pair the mentorship to like similar roles? So if I'm a veterinarian, I'm going to be mentoring or menteeing a veterinarian or a veterinary student, or if I'm a tech, I'm a tech, like how does that structure work? Or is it still, hey, it depends on, on the person and the situation? Yeah. So we're actually not a mentoring program. We're a mentoring platform that forms a network. And so we're not necessarily pairing individuals, although if somebody wants to find a mentor, there is an algorithm that will show them individuals that are similar to them. But we aim to increase individuals' networks so that they can find those mentors. And so, I mean, I've been mentored by technicians, and I think many of us that are veterinarians have been mentored by technicians, whether that was when we were doing our clinical rotations, when we were doing some of our hours at different hospitals. So I think there is definitely room for cross mentorship since mentorship is not only on that professional level of like how to do a technique, but it's about leadership, about communication, about networking, about working within a team. Yeah, our vision for possibilities or as Valerie and I have, have kind of seen it is people receiving mentorship from those a little bit further along the path than them 
and then turning around and helping those that are coming up behind them. Yeah. Our written mission, as it is written, is a robust and thriving community that fuels an inclusive veterinary profession, which mirrors the diversity of society. And within any thriving community, you have to have back and forth. Nobody lives in a vacuum. We know that veterinary teams thrive when they're working as a community. So that's what we want to promote. Yeah, I really like the idea of thriving in community. And I think that'll come up in a conversation or a question coming up in a little bit. But the other thing that I really liked and I felt like stood out to me personally was also the thought of trying to play the long game and bring that pipeline down. Because I know I'm going back, maybe it's 2018, 2019, AVMA Economic Summit, like, again, talking about this topic in a roundabout way of saying like, hey, there's not a lot of people that are coming and seeing this profession as something that they can do, because there's no one else that is like them currently doing it. And I love the idea of expanding it to kind of the, not even just students, but even downstream farther than that to try to bring them in and say, hey, there's a really cool career here, regardless of what you want to do within vet med. I just wanted to kind of have you share a little bit about the work that you're doing there and how you're helping foster those that are still maybe trying to determine exactly what career they want to go into. Yeah, absolutely. So our values are leadership, community, inclusion, and service. And we implement those to promote diversity through that mentorship and that leadership, that network that we have. We believe that you have to have a village of mentors to be able to succeed and that individuals within the veterinary profession are leaders, whether they want to or not. People are going to look up to you with questions about their pets, about their cousins, neighbors, brother who wants to go to veterinary school. There are always going to be individuals asking you questions and within your community that are going to see you as a leader. So what we want is to promote good leadership and effective leadership, efficient leadership and positive leadership. We want to do that from the moment somebody looks into the veterinary profession and says, I want to come into animal health to when they retired. And we believe that having those resources, especially for individuals from underserved and underrepresented communities who already have less access to those, we believe that by giving those individuals the tools that they need from as early as in their career as we can, we will be making them better able to cope with some of the challenges of this profession. We know we have high rates of depression, anxiety, suicide. We know we have a lot of high debt. We work a lot of long hours. It is a taxing profession, but we also know that the people that come into this profession do so because they're passionate about what they do, because we love the work that we do and because we want to care for animals. And so we want to create leaders that will be able to better withstand the challenges and in turn change the profession from within to make it a more habitable place for all of us. Totally. One of the questions, and again, it's going to be broad in scope and it's an easy question to ask. I think it's going to be really hard to answer. I've had a lot of, well, I would say several kind of DEI conversations and different guests on the topic that are on the show that have had conversations on the topic, both direct and indirect. And it's one that I mean, the topic within veterinary medicine is certainly kind of broad based and kind of widely discussed as, hey, this is an issue, right? Within medicine, just broadly, whether it's human health, animal health, vet med, not super diverse. I don't think that's shocking anyone by saying that, right? And one of the things that I've read, felt, had conversations, people, when sometimes they feel, right, like it's being forced, like this initiative has to happen. And this person then is in this position, or this is a forced thing. And I've always felt like the idea of like the carrot is stronger than the stick when you want to bring change. And I think 
Dr. Chair Price, when she was on the show, talked about, and I really love this because it's stuck with me, is like the creativity comes from diversity, right? Like your team is going to be more creative. They're going to be more resilient if you have people that are going to come from different backgrounds. And like, I think there's a ton of truth to that when you think about being intentional about how your team is created. All that to be said, and this is like the longest question that's ever been on the podcast, right? How do you think about initiatives that have been done and done well versus initiatives that have been done and done poorly? And then again, I know it's super hard and it's super broad brush, but I think this is the type of conversation and question that needs to happen because it's like, we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Some things work really well. And other times it's like, hey, we're going to put out this initiative and it like falls flat because they don't understand what they're trying to do. Like they just think, hey, we need to do this. So with that, take it any direction you want. If you're like, hey, that's not a question that I necessarily want to answer, like you can go either way. So just any thoughts in general? Sure. Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit in some of our talks before, and that's part of what makes mentoring and kind of possibilities approach, I wouldn't say unique, but particularly effective, we think, when it comes to fostering diversity and also bringing in people that may not be of the opinion that it's particularly useful or required at the time. So lots of we've, there's research out there showing that, you know, kind of mandatory diversity trainings and things of that nature tend to backfire more often than not. And you kind of foster this resentment in people like, oh, I have to go to these trainings and people end up actually coming out more negative feelings towards diversity than they went going in with. By contrast, setting up a mentoring program and setting up diverse mentoring relationships and getting people invested in the success of somebody different from them actually has been shown to have great impacts in fostering the inclusion of teams and also fostering the retention of people from underrepresented groups as well. I agree. The data has shown that forced DEI trainings backfired, just like you said. The data has also shown, like you mentioned, that teams that are not only diverse, but more inclusive, those teams tend to outperform teams that are more homogenous. And so how do we not force people to learn about DEI, but also make sure that we have inclusion and diversity within our teams? And but what the research has shown is that the active approaches are the ones that are most beneficial. They're the ones that are most effective. And so mentoring is one of the highest ones. But there are also things like having recruitment and retention, like task forces and things like that. Things that would get managers involved, that would get people that wouldn't traditionally be DEI champions involved in those conversations. And having them be part of the solution actually tends to have those individuals more exposed to people that are different from them. It tends to make them more champions for creating that inclusive space. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think the idea of trying to display like, hey, here's a really successful teams and how they're created. And it's okay that they might not all agree on X, Y, and Z. They can still at some point have a respect for the other individuals of like, hey, you know what? That's fine. We might not agree on that, but we really get along. We do great work together. And I think it's really important, especially I feel like in today's environment, it's like so polarizing. If you have a different opinion than someone else, it's like there's a lot of different people out there and it's very rare that you meet someone that's going to agree on everything. That's like super rare. So you should go in and know that there's no way we're all going to agree on everything. But, you know, what we can agree on is like, hey, the mission of this business or this practice or whatever, we're going to work towards that. And you know what? I think people trying to be 
humble enough to understand that they're not going to know everything where someone else is going to come at it in different lens and say, you know what, this is how we solve that problem. And you'd be like, oh, that actually makes my job or my role easier because this other person is seeing it a different way because I never would have thought that. And I love the idea, again, going back to trying to demonstrate like this is the benefits for doing this. Again, like you said, forcing it on people, that is just going to really, it's going to make the situation worse, right? And if the goal is we're trying to be as successful as a team as we can, like here's how we can do it. And let's like highlight the people on the team that are able to make that happen. And I think that's super, super important. What do you look at when you think about efforts for growth today? What do you think is the most important component for you all to kind of achieve the goals and missions that you have? Like, is there something that you're like, if this, then that? And I know it's still earlier on, like (laughs) it's tricky to boil it down to something like that. But as you kind of look out into the future, how do you see like, this is how we can have the most impact and success moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you in terms of some of the trainings. It goes back a little bit to the question that you were just asking about DEI efforts, right? Because I don't think any of like the mandatory trainings are necessarily going to go away just because we know that they're not as effective, right? Because there's got to be some sort of basic, don't harass people, don't be racist, don't be sexist, et cetera, right? That's got to, <laughs> it's the basis of organizations. And it's a way also for companies to protect themselves. And if there's a lawsuit or something like that involved, right? These regulations are in place. I think where, where we come in is that active side where individuals want to come in, they want to help, they want to be involved. And I think for us, our goal is that inclusion. We're firm believers that there is no diversity without inclusion and that you need to start working from within. To be able to have a diverse team that it actually benefits from the diversity of the team, we believe that all individuals need to be able to bring their full selves onto the table. Because unless you know that your voice is going to be heard, that it's going to be respected, that your perspective is actually going to be valued, you're not necessarily going to feel comfortable raising your opinion or saying what you may think is a creative solution. And so our goal is for our profession to build some of that inclusion. And we also like through our efforts creating some of those networks, creating some of that knowledge and awareness, building on allyship to then have some of that diversity come through. Because we do believe that when there's inclusion, diversity will follow. But without inclusion, you can continue to recruit people. You're not going to retain them unless your team is inclusive. What are you most excited about today? And I know we just talked about because you guys came back from Fetch recently. So, I mean, it can be a personal thing. It can be something super recent. It doesn't have to be directly to possibilities as well. I think as cheesy as it may sound, the possibilities are endless. We have so many talks with like different groups and different individuals, just the breadth of initiatives that there are in the veterinary profession right now is just breathtaking. Every time I have had at least four calls today where by the end of it, I have a huge idea about something really cool that we could all be working on together that I don't necessarily have the time or the funds to pursue. But it's just really great talking to a lot of people from different areas and seeing the synergy of the initiatives that we have together and how we can all work together to make this profession even better than it already is. Yeah, I think one of the biggest eye openers from our work with possibilities has been kind of recognizing that, yes, there are challenges in the profession, but there are so many super talented and super smart people working towards solving those. And 
I guess another reason to be excited is we just talked to one of our interns that's going to be more helping us this summer. And it's always great to have more help. <laughs> totally. I'll put you on the spot and you can say, I haven't thought it all the way out, but you have these different ideas and you, unlimited money, right? So again, unlimited money, these different ideas. Are you willing to share like, hey, I think this would be a great idea, but someone help me find the money to make this happen? Yeah, is that again, Douglas Grant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from an initiative or a thought process or, a, you know, an offering, Valerie, is there anything that you would want to kind of highlight and say, hey, this would be amazing to do. This is what I would need to be able to do it. It doesn't have to be like, I need half a million dollars to do this. It could just be, this would be the thing to do. And because I do have a day job and I am doing this, like, I just don't, I don't have the capacity to do it, but this needs to be done. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. What we want to build is a database of careers within the vet profession, highlighting the diversity of the veterinarians and the technicians and people in allied industries. We want to show that like our motto says a career in vetment is possible. And that is whether you are a veterinarian, a technician, a district sales, like a manager or a veterinary assistant, a practice owner. We know that there are a myriad of roles out there. Some of them require a DVM. Some of them require a CVT, RVT, or LVT, and some of them don't. So what we would love to do if we had endless money is show the breadth of opportunities within this industry. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing to add to that one. <laughs> What haven't I asked about that you feel like is important that you would want to highlight or bring up? And this could just be, hey, soapbox topic. This is something that's on my heart. Just anything in general. Yeah. So you don't need to be or feel like you are a leader or a mentor or have tons of time to come and join Possibilities Vet Med. You don't have to be part of one of the underrepresented groups that we are trying to recruit. You can be an ally. And as long as you want to come in, dedicate time to someone, we would love to have you on the platform because like Dr. Andrew says. Oh, shoot. What do I say? Everyone has, <laughs> everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to offer. Yeah, I think that is a great thing to think about, a great saying, and it's later in the day. So those that are listening, we're recording this after a long day. So you got it. <laughs> the question, and we talked about this before we click record, but if there is any, and you can ask any random question, it can be personal, professional, all over the place. Any questions you want to pose to me? Because again, I've just been kind of peppering you with questions and asking you about all kinds of different things. But the floor is yours if you have anything you want to ask, because I swiped this idea from another podcast that is not in the vet med space, but it's led to some interesting conversations at times. I guess I have a question for you. I mean, you interview a lot of individuals within this profession, all of whom are doing really great things. Where do you see this profession going in the next five to 10 years? Well, I go back to, I really love the idea of the database piece because one thing that I've learned since I've came in this space, and again, is the one that is not the doctor on this conversation, right? There's a ton of different roles and ways that you can work and be involved in vet med. And so like that is absolutely growing. When you look at just kind of, I would say the more traditional companion health side of things, there is a insane amount of demands and not enough people to take in that demand. So when I look at what does the future hold, I think that for someone that wants to be entrepreneurial, there's tons of businesses to be started that they can go and make a really good living for themselves. And that doesn't mean you Scrooge McDuck with all this gold coins in your pool. Like you can just go make good money and have a good life. And it doesn't have to be you're working six days a week in a solo practice and like you're burnout and life is miserable. But 
the demand is there and you can create some really unique businesses around that. And it does not have to be that you're the sole person doing it. And I think that's one of the neat things that I think more and more of the younger generation vet med is saying like, hey, we can actually find partners or find other people around to shoulder the load. We can actually do this better and we can still, the data's there, make the same amount of money. And again, not everything is about money, but there are certain basic needs that you need to cover. Like, hey, my student loan payment, when and if those ever come back, my mortgage or my rent and all these things in, in a world of costs going up, like it is a real thing to make sure that you can get by and you know have the needs and things that you want. Also, and to give yourself time and space to go take a vacation or take some time off and go relax and recharge to come back and not just be nose to the grindstone all the time, because I think that's the big thing. But if I had to highlight veterinary medicine, the CEO of JB Holdings, so Compassion First MBA, it's a French name that I'm spacing on right now, but he talked about it's like the golden age of veterinary medicine. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I think there is really, really cool things happening. And there's a lot of changes for an industry that's been pretty sleepy for a long time. And it's kind of cool to see the changes. Star Trek or Star Wars? Ooh, I would definitely say Star Wars. Growing up, that was more my thing. So, <laughs> And we just missed May 4th. So I know, um, right? It's on the 5th. And so we missed something there. We could have pushed this back. <laughs> we could have pretended that it was yesterday. I yeah, I know. <laughs> then I just thought of that as I was saying, I was like, darn it. I'm going to leave this in, but I could have. Yeah, just edit that out. Just go May the 4th with you as your answer yeah. to the question. Man. We have, I think we told you this, but at least three of our pets are named after Star Wars characters. So okay, so that right was answer. the, there's no right answer, but that was a good one. So I like it. I have to ask, what's the best movie? Ooh. I'm going to go with the classic answer on that and say Empire. But I do have a, a place in my heart for the prequels. Yep. The most recent ones, and for those that don't like Star Wars or don't watch any movies, they're going to be like, okay, this is the point where, <laughs> where they just tune out. But I feel like the newer movies, it's like, they just are the same thing like over and over. And I'm like, man, there's just no creativity left in these at times. And it's, I'm still going to go watch every single one that comes out, <laughs> but it's like, come on, give me something else where it's yeah. not the same like storyline each time. But yeah. I really enjoyed the shows for that reason. Yeah, I agree. I think the shows have been excellent. So with that, to bring everyone back, we won't just devolve into a <laughs> Star Wars conversation for people that do, again, coming back to get involved, like the mission. How do I follow up? Where do I follow? Where do I go? How do I get connected? Yeah. So you can go to Possibilities Vet Med. So that's P-A-W-S-I, Abilities, vetmed.com. And you can follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. At Pause Vet Med. Not TikTok yet. I'm just kidding. Because I hear that. I'm like, man, that's so many platforms. So many platforms. It's hard to keep Everybody up. Everybody tells us to get on TikTok. Maybe one day. <laughs> I've never been on TikTok. I never will be on TikTok. I have no desire to. So I'm sorry that I did that. But it is. It's crazy how many different platforms are. And it's like you have to kind of pick a handful and try to make a concerted effort because it's a literally is a full-time job just trying to run that and keep things up to date. So awesome. I will connect all those different things in the show notes as well to make sure it's easy for people to find. But thank you both for spending some time coming on and sharing a little bit about what you're working on. Yeah, great to talk with you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, 
please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review that'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.